0: A weekly journey transcending, transcending across, across the Sonic the archipelago. archipelago. This is Beats, Beats of, of, no no Nation. Nation. of No Nation. The no Beasts of
1: No Nation. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Beats of No Nation. We're joined today by Moon B. How you doing, man? Hello, doing great. How are you, man? Pretty good. So you're touring
2: around Australia with Benedict at the moment? That is correct, me and Benedict. Cool. Have you toured with him before? We've done a couple of shows in LA together. Um, Not exclusively, like, quote-unquote, tour. So, no. So, you're both based in LA? We are now. Um, He grew up there, and he's been established in the LA scene for a long time. Um, I just moved to LA in late 2014. So, would you
1: say you're from the same, um, for lack of a better word, scene in LA?
2: I'd say we are, in a way... um, some of the gear that we use is similar. Some of the sounds and the nuances might come out. Uh, I think there's some comparable pieces on our first couple records that we did for PPU. Um, but then he's kind of going off and maybe um, incorporating some more uh, guitar-driven stuff. Actually, he's playing guitar tonight uh, during his live set. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. He's actually nice. adding adding that element into uh, his shows, which I've seen before, and it's it's incredible. Um, whereas I kind of kept a little bit uh, lo-fi flavor for the Lifeworld project and kind of went into some more sample-driven... chop up you know uh type of type of thing for for life world so uh that's that's where we kind of split off there but yeah in answer to your question the the first records that we put out were similar and andrew morgan from ppu definitely picked up on the vibe too and released them pretty much at the same time simultaneously
1: yeah so how did the ppu connect come about because i was reading that you were one of the first modern artists to be released yeah
2: i was yeah man andrew has a vast uh, collection and connections with old black guys uh, and, and their libraries of music that didn't ever get released uh, to be honest you know just old soul music made with drum machines and synthesizers in the houses in Virginia, North Carolina, Maryland, DC and when I first logged on to his store the Ear Cave in 2008 um, I said my god you know this this treasure trove here is just something I've got to discover for myself so I was a customer for a couple of years uh, buying tape after tape reissue after reissue got the courage to you know put some time aside to make a project Uh, did a self-release tape just a hundred units of my first self-titled album and sent it to him and said look you know what do you think and he liked it so the rest is history put it on wax
1: yeah, so what was the inspiration behind putting it out on tape? <clears throat>
2: uh, price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I knew nothing of really stamping and mastering. Um, it was kind of uh, not not hastily done, but I, I found a cheap uh, production company down in Florida, which is right next to right below atlanta where i was living at the time so you didn't
1: have to dub each
2: yeah exactly no hand dubbing no not not at my place um yeah and the guy turned it around in like a week's time so i had a hundred units yeah so that that was a big factor in that yeah
1: so the music that you make would you call it funk inspired
2: that's a good question i was just having a a chat with alex about that like <clears throat> when I I got introduced to the whole modern funk scene, you know, as Dame Funk has has commissioned that, and rightfully so, he's like he's the ambassador of L.A. Boogie Funk. You know, without without him, yeah, there would probably be no moonbee because he was one of the first to pick up on uh, the PPU release. He tweet <coughs> he tweeted about it, and he drew me a lot of support. Uh, then I come out to L.A. Uh, about a year ago lump in with he and his crew, a great bunch of, uh, Funkmaspheres, the name of the night that he's put on, uh, in LA since 2007, I believe it's been going a long time. Um, but it's changed a little bit, uh, like 07, 08, 09. Dame was starting to slowly bubble up with his first stones throw record to each his own. Um, and then it maybe kind of peaked there. And then he just came out with another album and you, um, he's keeping the modern funk scene, you know, really going. He's the torchbearer, you know, but I don't want to be lumped in, you know, as an apprentice to him, which I see a lot of quote unquote, you know, boogie funk artists, they're, they're kind of staying in the box and, and just kind of, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's not a lot of experimentation. A lot of stuff is within that box uh, of a genre. And, you know, I think to be an artist, you're going to naturally gravitate. If you want to keep it real with yourself, you know, how am I going to make this different now? How I'm not, I'm not going to be lumped into, you know, just one thing. I love it, and I, I'm always going to tip my hat to it. But, um, you know, for a while there, yeah, I was getting lumped into and getting exclusive offers from nothing but, you know, boogie funk, uh, modern funk labels, in which, like, 75% of, which you know, I had to turn down because I was wanting to do something a little bit different at the time. Uh. And uh, how's the... How's like the modern funk scene in in Atlanta? In Atlanta, there's a couple of heads uh, that really, really can get down, that really know their stuff, Uh, avid collectors, but then uh, it's not as pulsing as other cities. It's Um, all about
1: that magic city. Really? Yeah.
2: (laughs) I wish, but yeah, I mean, um, no, there's a guy named Kurt Jackson. He he owns a label called Rotating Souls. Uh, They put out a lot of fine... uh, boogie boogie stuff um there's a guy called bus crates uh 16-bit ensemble um a fellow gearhead uh, originally from pittsburgh but he lives in atlanta there he's making some nice stuff he's got some releases on omega supreme uh great artist um but there's just, just a handful you know what i mean it's not it's not enough to get written about i guess that's one yeah yeah I for sure Hence yeah. the move, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and the, and yeah, weather's actually nicer in LA. Of course, I mean uh, Atlanta. Everybody thinks it's hot. Atlanta, it does get hot in the summer, but the winters, uh, it's along the eastern seaboard. It, it gets pretty damn cold, and I was tired of that shit. Yeah, so yeah. Mm. <laughs> you know feeling on that one. Yep. So, um, what's coming up next for Moon B? Yeah, I rode the Life World project uh, pretty much all this year. Um, fortunately for me, like um, I contacted 1080P out of Vancouver, which is a tape label.
1: Yeah, Sean's a big fan of that. Uh,
2: I love. Yeah, yeah I, I like shout out to, to Richard at 1080P up in Van- Vancouver. Yeah, very slick guy, knows this stuff. We put together. I put together the project and uh, I recorded it. All the ideas and, and meshed it together in about two weeks time. Uh-huh and nice. got him a copy of it. He had the tape out in about 45 days after that. So, yeah, right. he is great. Yeah, he, doesn't great. Exactly. he doesn't mess around. He doesn't around. That's another thing with tapes too. I mean, you can just get them done really quickly. Um then I reached out at the beginning of this year to Growing Bin uh Records out of Germany and wanted to see if they'll issue Life World on vinyl. And they were yeah, they were they were They Obliged. Uh, Shouts out to Sebastian on that one. And I rode that. I mean, uh, that took, of course, a little bit longer to get that record out. But um, it's doing really well. I did a little book project to accommodate it, uh, which you can flip through while you're listening to the project. Maybe it might help you spot the samples a little bit uh, easier. There's also some download links to some free music. Um, That's on my Bandcamp if you want to check it out. Uh, The book is called Companion. As a companion piece to Life World, so uh, yeah, I did that. So I'm pretty much gonna close the chapter on Life World, and I've got uh, about six songs uh, nailed for the next uh, EP. Uh, where it's going yet, I'm not sure uh, as far as a label, but uh, hopefully, maybe first quarter of next year, something should should be out. <laughs> yeah, and the the book is that like written words no no it's a look it's a yeah it's a lookbook uh inspirations uh some some snapshot mental snapshots uh with the help of uh youtube uh <laughs> uh youtube yeah, and, nice. and some sourcing uh uh help if you will on the samples i just thought it was a cool idea yeah. because you know listening through mixtapes the authentic ones you know hey what was chopped there don't keep it all secret you know what i mean you know and yeah. uh, what's What's a different way that I can, you know, maybe help the listener out a little bit uh, if they want to, if they're even bothered to to, to look it up? And um, my friend Andrew Hueback in Portland, uh, I sent him the ideas and the images, and he put it all together in a nice little twenty-page uh, lookbook. So, yeah, it was nice.
1: Nice. I'm keen to have a flick through. I think the the visual side is super important, and also super overlooked as well. Like. 1080p, especially. I think I read an interview with Richard, and he brings that up. Like an in internet age, presenting something visually as well is very important. And the way they bring out their cassettes and their artwork, it's very true to the music they release. And it sort of creates a
2: packaging nice has lost its luster and it needs yeah. to come back. And I'm I'm fully behind that. 110 percent. Yep. 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 Yeah. And yeah, tell sure. us
1: a little bit about your live set. You said you brought a bit of gear with you to Australia.
2: Yeah, a little bit. I mean. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not, uh, uh. Bringing out a huge arsenal, it's uh, two Korg micro samplers, and basically they're my production tools in the studio. I'm not an Ableton guy; I never really wrap my head around it. It's just not for me, you know. Um, Benedek loves and swears by it, and I see you recording in it now, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just too dumb to, 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 and and I don't have patience really when it comes down to it. And I had a desk job for three years in which I was sitting for eight, nine hours at a time at a laptop and just couldn't come home do my passion on this on the same thing you know what i mean so um nothing against users of that i know it's a freaking incredible software package but anyway i'm so i run everything in my studio back in la to the micro samplers and trigger it all um so does it go into a computer at all no not at all Not at all. Wow. Not at all. Yeah, it's fed and all hand played uh, by me, and it's basically you're sampling yourself. Uh, It's basically you you pick the bits that you want, um, you know, to mess around with and 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 and, um, apply effects to. You know, for the live parts, um, which I'll be doing with the pattern wheels and the the micro sampler is a pretty underrated piece of gear in my uh, opinion. And I've actually only only other seen about one other person. uh, use it you know in a effective manner um yeah so i, I it's kind of something i've kind of made my gear nerdy trademark if you will yeah. so yeah yeah oh, it's a
1: great way to do it yeah. it's it's funny though like people just do whatever they sure. can with what they've got i mean you've got people riding absolutely hits on fruity loops and you um I was watching this thing in Chromeo. Two bases, yeah, I saw, seen that version like two or something. I've seen that. Yeah, that in, like, nice. The nineties, so yeah, that's really cool to. It's um, just to each
2: his own, yeah. I mean, that's how I've made each each release of mine, and it is conveniently dropped off in the uh, roller bags that I can. I you know, don't have to check in at the airport, you know. It's not yeah. getting. Uh, I have no fear of get, getting tossed around, you know. I can just store it in the nice little overhead bin and. and uh, rest easy about it yep so it, i brought them here and i'll be breaking them out and i sprinkle some using the apps uh the the new synth apps uh, I sprinkle some live keys on top of it as well so that's what i'm doing this go around nice. yeah
1: all right well we look forward to catching your show thank you thanks for joining us
2: thanks a lot for having me
1: all right so we're going to play a track by moonbee now
2: this one's called pudding
1: Next up, we got a mix from a different kind of artist, uh, Sheeta. Who uh, anyone who's been involved in the art scene in Brisbane is probably probably across already. Uh, he's just spent a bit of time in his uh, homeland of Poland. And he's come back, uh, based again in Melbourne, and this is what he's put together for us. Have a listen.
3: Yes. <laughs>